Boom! Shake the room, Fire Nation. JLD here with an audio masterclass with a dear friend of mine, Hal Elrod of The Miracle Morning. And today's audio masterclass is going to be The Miracle Equation, the two decisions that move your biggest goals from possible to probable to inevitable. And we're going to be dropping value bombs all episode long, Fire Nation. So who's Hal? Well, he's impacted millions of lives through his books, and he is on a mission to elevate the consciousness of humanity. He's here today to talk about his new book, The Miracle Equation, and of course, drop value bombs on moving your biggest goals from possible to probable to inevitable. You're not going to want to miss this Fire Nation, so we will kick right in when we get back from thanking our sponsor. Growing your e-commerce business starts with creating meaningful customer relationships. To learn how Clavio's marketing automation software can help you build high-value customer relationships and to make more money for your business, visit clavio.com slash fire. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash fire. Hal, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Fire Nation, what's going on? Yeah. It is good to be back. I am, uh, man, I'm a, I'm a huge fan and friend of uh, JLD and, uh, and therefore Fire Nation. And uh, something that a lot of people don't know about me is that uh, growing up, I was... Um, uh, well, bullied is part of it, but but I was I I, you know, I never quite felt like one of the cool kids. And what what I've realized in the last few months, so this is actually not only do most people not know this about me, JLD, but I didn't know this about myself <laughs> for the first thirty nine years of my life until a few months ago. And uh, I basically realized that, um, and I think for tr- a lot of us this is true, but uh, I I'm st- in my brain, my subconscious, I'm still living from this place of being this, this kid, this high school student trying to fit in, wanting to be liked by other people. And, and, and what it carries is all sorts of fears and insecurities, um, around, uh, engaging with people that I'm trying to connect with, you know, and, and, uh, I think, well, I'll share a lesson out of this, but, but part of the, the journey for all of us, right. Is that, you know, who we, who we have been our entire lives doesn't have to confine us nor define us. And we can choose to become anyone, anything, right? Any beliefs that we want to embody, we can, we can take on. And for me, I do that through daily affirmations. So I have a whole process where every night I do my miracle evening and I, I, I reflect and I write down breakthroughs. Like what, what are some of the limiting beliefs that I'm still carrying with me? And I do this around money and my marriage and my kids and my fitness, every area of my life, what every night I'm asking, what are the, what are the limitations that I'm still sticking to? And then I journal that. And then in the morning I reread them, read visit them and then form it into an affirmation so I can read it over and over and recondition my mind. So yeah, so a lot of people uh, probably not don't realize that, you know, that I have all these fears and insecurities. And I think that many of us, myself included, the world's most successful people, they appear, you know, um, on their podcast or on television, like they appear like they, they're so confident, they're so poised, they're so well-spoken, they've got it all figured out. And, and I think it's valuable for us to realize that A, uh, as human beings, we all, you know, before a celebrity goes on the Today Show, they're still probably nervous, right? What if they mess up? What if they don't get the message across? What if they don't promote their new movie the right way? And to realize that our fears and our insecurities we share as human beings, but we do not and, and should not allow our fears and insecurities to determine what we do 
or don't do. So, you know, goes back to the old adage, feel the fear and do it anyway. So there's, there's a long answer to your question. Well, Fire Nation, you can tell this episode is going to be straight fire. I mean, Hal Elrod can't not help just delivering incredible value with basically every other word that comes out of his mouth and sometimes every <laughs> single word. And if you're recognizing his voice, well, that doesn't really shock me because he's everywhere. He runs conferences. He has, you know, the Miracle Morning and, and a ton of other books and things that he's doing right now. And of course, you know, we talked about the miracle equation in the introduction, which we'll be diving more into. But he was also on episode 589 and episode 1176. And now, how we are well past episode 2100 on Entrepreneurs on Fire. So it's wow. been over a thousand episodes. So it's about time we got you back on, my man. I'm glad to have you back. It's great to hear your voice, to have conversations with you, because we're going to be talking about the miracle equation. The two decisions that move your biggest goals for possible Fire Nation to probable to inevitable. So I'm excited for this conversation all the way through. But Hal, let's start at the core. You learned an incredibly valuable lesson from not just one, but two near-death experiences. So break those down for Fire Nation. Yeah, I mean, a big lesson, and obviously we're going to dive into the more tangible, practical, applicable lessons, but I think that it starts from the, you know, the 30,000-foot view. And the lesson I learned is that every single one of us has the ability to create tangible, measurable miracles in our lives. And, you know, going back to my first near-death experience, I was 20 years old. I was driving home and from a, giving a speech at a conference and I was hit head on by a drunk driver at 70 miles an hour. I being my, my Ford Mustang was hit head on by a full size Chevy truck going 70 to 80 miles an hour on the freeway. I bounced off the drunk driver and another car crashed into my driver's side door at 70 miles an hour and smashed my car into my body and broke 11 bones. I died for six minutes in a coma for six days. And when I came out of the coma, I was faced with the you know most unimaginable reality. I mean, if you're listening, right, you can imagine like you wake up and you're like, why am I in this hospital? What happened? Why am I in pain? What? They're like, oh yeah, you have 11 broken bones. You have permanent brain damage. Um, you're probably never going to walk again. You'll be in a wheelchair for the rest of your life, right? And at any age, that, that's not easy to hear. At age 20, I'm thinking I got a lot of goals that you know, that involves walking again, right? Any time in life we're faced with whether it's a, a challenge or an opportunity, right? Those, those are like the, those are the defining moments, the moments of decision. How will I respond to this challenge? Am I going to overcome it? Is it going to beat me? Am I going to let it discourage me? Is it going to make me stronger? Right? So, so, so you can kind of separate in life, there's challenges and there's opportunities. And then we're faced with an opportunity, which the beauty of it is every day we wake up. And this is where we're going to kind of, this episode will end up is like when you wake up, right? That is that's, that's life's greatest gift. It's, it's, it's an opportunity for you to have, to be, to create anything that you want for your life. And yet most of us wake up and every day life stays pretty much the same, right? JLD, right? We, we go through the motions and we go to work and we go home and we watch the same Netflix shows, right? Just like life stays the same. And I really want to challenge you I, I, by the end of the episode today. Uh, my, my challenge, my opportunity I'm going to you know challenge you with is is getting really clear on what is the most extraordinary life you can imagine look like? Like what, what do you really want for your life? And through the course of our masterclass today, we're going to figure out, well, what's holding you back from that? And what, what are the decisions that you need to make by the end of today? Right. I mean, 30 minutes from now, um, that will radically transform how you show up and how you approach and how you, uh, what you accomplish in your life. So, but the biggest lesson is that we all have that ability to create tangible, measurable miracles in our lives. And, uh, 
when, you know, I took my first step three weeks later, applying the two decisions that we're going to talk about today that make up the miracle equation. But I took my first step three weeks later. Uh, I went on to run an ultra marathon, even though they said I would never walk again, right? All of these things. And, um, and then two years ago, I was diagnosed with a really rare and aggressive form of leukemia. I was given a 30% chance of surviving which I always, I say now is kind of, kind of a joke, but seriously, if you're a, if you're a pessimist, that's a 70% chance you're going to die. Right. And if, you know, I, I have a wife, I have two small kids. Um, not that that makes dying any worse for me than somebody else, but for me personally, like leaving my wife and kids behind was, was the most terrifying thing in my life. Like I actually, I, I could die and I could be at peace that I could be okay with it. But, but that, you know, the impact that would have on my family was and is, you know, that, that, that's kind of my, my worst nightmare, if you will. And when I was given a 30% chance of living, I had to go back into my toolkit, right? I mean, you can imagine if you're diagnosed with, you know, cancer, given a 30% chance to live, you go back and you go, okay, your, your brain starts scanning, like, well, how in the, what, what do I do? What do I do? Right. Am I going to, how am I going to beat this? And this thing called the miracle equation that I created when I was 20 years old to break a sales record. We'll go more into the details, but, um, that was how I defied the odds. It was something that I had taught to other people and it worked for every single one of them. I had studied the world's most successful people in all walks of life and found these two decisions were common for all of them. And I, I uh, almost immediately, I mean, it was the day that I was diagnosed with cancer. I went the way that I'm going to turn this 30% chance of surviving into a 100% chance of surviving is through this, this miracle equation. And it's the same thing that allowed me to walk again. And it's the same thing that allowed me to, you know, sell a million miracle morning copies. I mean, anything that people have done, that's really extraordinary. You find that there's, there's, a, there's these common themes, these common decisions that they make. And uh, that, you know, and then I'm grateful to say I'm, I'm now cancer free. And, and, and it just has shown that, um, no matter what you're going through in your life, no matter where you are, if you're, you know, succeeding beyond your wildest dreams, or if you're not, if you're, if you're struggling right now to find your way, uh, we all have the ability to create these tangible, measurable miracles. And I'll define what a miracle here is in, in a few minutes. We'll get into that. But, uh, but, but it, it, it starts with you realizing, deciding, like I, you know, in being empowered, right. That you are in control of your life and your destiny and, uh, and drawing your line in the sand and saying, all right, this is what I want. And I'm going to figure out how to get there. So fire nation as Hal mentioned, we are going to redefine that word miracle, but it's just important for you to first and foremost, realize you can create tangible measurable miracles in your life. Now, before we do dive into that, listen, conferences are great. I mean, I go to conferences every single year. I love speaking at conferences. I just got back from one in Orlando and I've been to your conference, Hal, best year ever in San Diego. I mean, conferences are fun. Personal development is fun. It's awesome. But at the same time, I know you and I want to drop some truth bombs on Fire Nation that personal development can actually delude us into thinking we're making progress. And there's people that go to the same conferences or listen to the same exact personal development shows or whatever that might be, and they kind of check the block like, okay, I'm moving forward, I'm making progress, but sometimes that's just not reality. Break this down for us. Personal development, I, I will say before I, before I tear it up here, it, it, is, it is a foundational part of my life. Like it, it is, it's arguably, it's one of, if not the most important 
components of my life. So I, I want to start by saying that here's the problem. In fact, well, let me say this, the miracle morning, right? That my, that's the book I'm best known for. That is a daily personal development practice, right? That, that, that's what it is. And it's changed millions of lives around the world. And the crux of that, the, the, the philosophy is the idea that what, who you're becoming is far more important than what you're doing, right? So if you just keep, you know, doing the same, you know, for example, if you're in sales and you're just making calls every day, but you're not developing yourself, well, then you're not going to get any better and your results aren't going to improve. But if you're learning and you're growing and you're evolving in any area of your life, your finances, any area, as you become more, you achieve more. And you do it easier and easier and easier and easier and easier. So the idea is personal development is the foundation for you to dedicate time each and every day to become the person that you need to be with the knowledge, the qualities, the skills, the mindset, you know, you, the characteristics, the habits, you name it, that will enable you to achieve everything you want for your life. So that's the, that's the good part of personal development. The problem is we can become what I call personal development junkies, which is where well, you know, you get into the personal development world, maybe you read your first personal development book and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I, I've never, I've, <laughs> why didn't anyone tell me all this before? Right? Like I didn't, no, no one told me all this. And, uh, and, and what happens is this is the problem is we end up mistakenly thinking that personal development in and of itself is enough is, is making progress. And, and it's not here. Here's, some real kind of common sense examples, right? Reading a book on getting healthy does not make you healthy, right? Reading a book on, you know, getting wealthy does not make you wealthy. But we, and I've fallen prey to this, by the way, please know that I'm not like pointing a finger. It's, if I'm pointing a finger anywhere, it's back at me. In the past, I was very guilty of this, where you feel like every new morsel of wisdom tucked safely inside your brain is somehow improving things for you. And, and, and while yes, internally in your work, you can be happier and more emotionally intelligent and all of these, you know, all of the things that you can get from learning and growing. However, you can be the most personally developed person on the planet and then do nothing, right? Meaning that you still shy away from your biggest goals and dreams because you still allow your fear or your self-doubt or your lack of clarity or whatever it is to prevent you from moving forward. So you could, you could be the most knowledgeable person on health but you're not going to the gym, you, you haven't improved your diet, and, and therefore, you know, you're not going to live any longer just because you read all those books. Same thing with money, right, or any area of life. So we have to be really careful that we don't fall prey to being a personal development junkie, and we actually have to have, here, here's a way to look at it. You've got to have a, pros, a practice for personal development, right, that's what the Miracle Morning was, but then you have to have a process for goal achievement, so you got to follow up that process for person or that practice for personal development with a process for goal achievement. That's how you could take all that personal development that you've been doing, you know, in the morning or late at night or whatever. And then, you know, as my old coach used to say, that this is where the rubber meets the road, right? This is where actually you turn it into tangible, measurable results so that your life actually improves, not just, you know, your brain or, or the, the internal component improving. Fire Nation, it's so key that you are really heeding these words. You must have a practice for personal development. Hal's not bashing it in general. I'm not bashing it in general. What we're saying is you can't stop there. You can't just read a book about going to the gym or read a book about getting more wealthy or read a book about X or Y or Z. You have to have a process in place to accomplish real 
tangible and measurable results. If you have those two steps, then you win. If you stop at step one, which is going to a conference and getting really motivated and then coming home and nothing changes, or sitting down and reading a book and loving all the content within it, but then, hey, you read Profit at First by Michael McAllowitz. Oh, I get it. I need to profit first. But then you don't do any of the things in the book. You're not actually going to profit first. You're not going to improve your financial situation. So that is the key point here. You need to have step two, that process to accomplish real, tangible, measurable results, period, end of story. So Hal, love how you clarified that. I can't agree more. Redefining the word miracle. We talked about it a couple of minutes ago. Let's talk about how you've redefined that word in a way that gives us, Fire Nation, the ability to make miracles, which a lot of people are like, miracles don't happen to anybody or definitely not to me, but let's yeah. make them tangible and measurable. You teed it up really well right there, which is miracles don't happen to me, right? The miracles, it's first of all, it's a loaded word. It's a very loaded word, right? I mean, there's, you know, you ask people to define it. You'd probably get a lot of different definitions. Some would be very religious based, right? Like parting of the Red Sea and turning water into wine. Um, that's not the type of miracle that I'm talking about. Um, the other the other reason that I think miracles have a bad rap is because they're, they're thought of as random, as you kind of alluded to, right? There are these random passive acts or results and, you know, and you, you pray for them or you wait for them or you hope for them or, you know, they're like winning the lottery and, and, and the odds of it happening to you aren't very good. So because of that, they're not very reliable, right? They're not trustworthy. I'm not going to bet on the word miracle, right? If like, if it's something I've got to passively hope, with my fingers crossed and you know th- that it's going to happen. So for me, and, and, and right, and this, it's a word. I mean, it, so the language that we use is really important and the context around that language is really important. And so the way that I define the word miracle, and if you want to write this down, here you go. Um, any outcome that is beyond the realm of what you believe is probable for you. I'll say that again. A miracle is any outcome that is beyond the realm of what you believe is probable for you. Now, notice I said probable, not possible. And the reason is if you are, you know, if you're into personal development or if you're an optimist, you believe in the optimist credo that, you know, anything is possible, yet possible is rarely enough to get us out of bed in the morning with the drive and the motivation and the clarity that we need to tackle our biggest goals and dreams. And, and GLD, think about it, right? Kind of a rhetorical question, but I mean, you can really give a little answer here, which is how often do people actually pursue that which they don't believe is likely to happen? This doesn't happen. They don't even start. They don't even start. We, we want some sort of guarantee. And if you actually stop, this is a really profound realization, I think, for most of us. Most of us, the reason we just keep doing the same things over and over and over again is because there's a guarantee. And we, we have this, this need for certainty where we go, well, there's a guarantee. If I, I know that if I wake up today at this time and I show up to work at this time and I work until this time and then I go home, I know that a paycheck will show up for this amount in two weeks. And that gives me a sense of security, right? Um, however, I would say for most of us, right, we have we, deep down, there is an, an innate drive and desire that we all share to actualize our potential, to create a life, an extraordinary life of freedom. And when we when we live within this small context of just keeping things as they are because it feels safe, um, 
we, we keep ourselves right away from miracles. And so a miracle being that it's any outcome that's beyond the realm of what you believe is probable for you, you have to realize that. And that's why it feels like a miracle, by the way, when you achieve it, right? Because that's why you, know, you call it a miracle because you're like, oh my God, I didn't think that was likely to happen. I think, but I worked hard. I gave it everything I had and it actually came to pass. It came, I could, I can't believe it. And that's the experience that I want for you, Fire Nation, is to start getting clear on what is, you know, what are your biggest goals and dreams and your, your, you know, your tangible, measurable miracles that when you accomplish them, you will literally stand at the foot of your bed, open up your arms to the side, right? Wide, and then fall back. Like you're falling on a cloud, right? Enter classical spiritual music, uh, but where you're like, you're in disbelief. You're in disbelief that you even accomplished it. And that is something that if you think about it, the world's most successful people in all walks of life, the most prolific creators and achievers and innovators, that's how they live. They just, you know, I'm sure when Elon Musk first Tesla rolled off the line, he was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I had a vision, a dream. It was beyond the realm of not only what I had ever done before, but beyond the realm of what any human had ever done before. No one had ever done it, right? And this is true for anyone, in, again, in any walk of life. And, and I want it to be, be true for you. So that's how I wanted to find, uh, redefine a miracle is, is so that it, it, this is something that is tangible, measurable, and, and actionable for you, not some random passive act that you hope happens, but something that you can put down in writing, you can clarify, and then you can figure out your plan, your strategy. And I think we'll probably we'll go into that next here on what is the miracle equation? Okay, Hal, stop teasing us. How do you apply this? You know, what is it? How do you apply it? And uh, we can go into that. Let's define the word miracle the right way, Fire Nation any outcome that is beyond the realm of what you believe is probable for you. Think about those words. Just re-say those words to yourself over and over again because that's going to redefine how miracles are looked at through your eyes. And let's be honest. As humans, we have this need, this desire, this want for certainty. Fire Nation, all the magic happens outside of certainty outside of your comfort zone. You need to get there. Entrepreneurs on fire, way outside of certainty, way outside of my comfort zone. Miracle morning, same thing for Hal, but guess what? We went outside of certainty and we got uncomfortable and that's when the magic happens. And like Hal was teasing, the miracle equation, we're gonna be breaking this down for you as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsor. Building real quality customer relationships isn't easy, but it's necessary to succeed. Great news is Clavio can help you grow your business faster. Not only do you get automation that helps you engage your customers through email, Facebook, and Instagram, you also unlock powerful segmentation, enabling you to customize the marketing messages you send. So how does Clavio do it? First, Clavio helps get you up and running fast with pre-built integrations, step-by-step -step implementation guides, and expert onboarding support. Then Clavio listens to and understands cues from your customers, helping turn that information into targeted marketing messages. Finally, Clavio helps you measure and grow what matters, revenue. And with built-in data science and predictive analytics, you can easily evaluate customer lifetime value, churn risk, and other KPIs. This is why over 11,000 innovative brands have switched to Clavio to help them build high-value customer relationships that in turn help them grow their e-commerce business. To learn more, about how Clavio's marketing automation software can help you build high-value customer relationships and to sign up for a free account today, visit clavio.com slash fire. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash fire. How we're back. 
No more teasing, brother. The miracle <laughs> equation. These are the two decisions that move your biggest goals, not just from possible to probable, but to inevitable. Break it down for us. I'm going to do a really short tease here just because I need to set the context. So um, this began uh, very organically, right? Uh, and and it, it's interesting. This is this book is kind of the fall. The miracle equation is really the follow up to the miracle morning because we like we talked about earlier, you know, you, you've got your process for personal development. Great. All right. I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm becoming better. But OK, well, how do I take all this personal development and, and, and tran, you know, transform it into some real, tangible, measurable results? Um, so even though the, it follows it, it follow the, the miracle equation really follows the miracle morning and complements it. it pr, in terms of chronology of when I came up with this, it was preceded uh, about six years before the miracle morning. So um, I was in sales and I was trying to break a company record. I was trying to and to put that in context, I was trying to sell more uh, in a 10 day period than anyone in the 50 year history of the company I worked for had ever sold before. Well, so not only did I look in my rearview mirror and, you know, check my, you know, like I had no evidence that I could do it. There was no evidence it could be done. Right. It's like the four minute mile kind of thing. And I asked myself, all right, I thought this would feel like a miracle. If I were to pull this off, man, this would be, this would be something. I don't even know how I, if I can do this. I was, I was terrified. Um, it was beyond anything I'd ever, I'd ever done before. And I asked myself, how would, uh, if I, you know, I kind of reverse engineered it as they call that. And I said, if I, if let's fast forward 10 days from now, if I were to have everything went, you know, I, I somehow pulled this off, what would I've had to have happened right now? you know, before I even started, it was like a few days before I said, what, what would I have to do right now? Think, do, say, what would I have to do? And then what would I have to do throughout the 10 days to make that miracle happen? And I broke it down to two decisions. And these two decisions, if, if you think about the personal development world or self-help world, either one you can call it, um, that we're, we are fed. There are hundreds of reasons that we're told that we're not where we want to be, like hundreds of things, areas that we need to improve. Right. Meaning, you know, oh, it's productivity. You need to if you master productivity, then you'll get more done and you can achieve everything you want for your life. You're like, all right, I got to read a book on productivity. Right. And they're like, no, 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 no. We've done the research. It's your you know, it's your it's your emotional intelligence. It's more effect, more important than your IQ. And here's why. And here's how this applies to every relationship you have in your life. And it's important. You know, you, you're, we're told it's productivity beliefs. You know, we need affirmations. It's morning routine. I mean, there's so many. It's overwhelming. There's so many things that we need to somehow figure out or learn or master to improve our lives. And I, I realized that we can break it down to these two, these two decisions. And in, uh, I'm about to say what they are, but the, uh, these decisions are deceptively simple in their explanation and extremely rare in their execution. And what you'll find, and I, once I started studying the world's most successful individuals, I realized, oh, Yes, they're all still trying to improve their emotional intelligence and they're trying to improve their uh, productivity and they're, they're, they're instilling the beliefs they need and they're, they're working on their habits and, and their leadership ability, all of these things. Yeah, they're working on all that stuff. But these are the two fundamental decisions that without these two decisions, nothing else matters. And none of the success that they've accomplished would be possible. With these two decisions, everything else is just icing on the cake. The first decision unwavering faith. The second decision, extraordinary effort. And like I said, at first glance, at first mention, these are very, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. Okay. So I have faith that I could do it. And then I put forth the effort. Got it. Check. Like that's not, there's, there's not a depth there. Where do I, how do I go? How do I apply that? So think about this. Anyone who has ever accomplished something great uh, in any area of life, 
it began by them establishing the faith that they could do something beyond what they had ever done before. And in some cases, like I said, Elon Musk with his Tesla, it was beyond what had, no one had ever done it before. No one made an electric car before, right? So sometimes it's something they had never done before, but maybe there's evidence from others that they can point to or learn from. But often it's never been done in the history of the world, right? Which is how innovation happens. So uh, in order to achieve something great in your life, a, a miracle, it begins by establishing the faith that you can do something you've never done before. And here's the problem. That is counter to our human nature because human nature is to check the rearview mirror and look at our past and go, well, where do I see evidence of what's possible for me? And you go, okay, well, I guess I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. That's about all I can do. Great. I'll keep doing that. Maybe I'll increase it a little, like, like 10% more, but, but rarely do we look at what is ultimately possible for us. And so the first decision of establishing unwavering faith that's where it begins, but it really gets a little more challenging and where it really matters is maintaining that faith until, and that word until, circle it, underline it three times, because most of us, like if, if you're part of that optimist club, you can establish faith because it's called uninformed optimism, right? Which is like, oh, I, I listen to Tony Robbins and so I know I can do anything. <laughs> I can do anything, right? But then you start out on the path to do whatever that anything is and then it doesn't go the way you planned, which very rarely does it ever go the way you planned. It takes longer than you thought. You hit a roadblock. You hit a, you hit a, you hit a brick wall, right? And the faith that you launched out with, it starts to waver. And once the faith wavers, right, once you stop believing something is possible for you, that tends to be where, you know, you just stop. And, uh, and, and a lot of us are great starters, but we're not great finishers. And, and, and I love that quote, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. And the question becomes, well, what are you willing to maintain unwavering faith that you can accomplish for 10 years or as long as it takes? And maybe you'll get it done in one or two or three or four, whatever. The, the timeline is arbitrary, but the decision that you will establish in writing unwavering faith that you can do something that is deeply meaningful to you in your life. It could be, you know, be financial freedom. It could be um, being a great father or a great husband or whatever it is for you. Establishing the faith that you can do it and then maintaining, making a decision that you will maintain that faith until that outcome is real and it is tangible in your world. So the first decision is unwavering faith and we can unpack that as much as you want. Um, and then the, the second decision being extraordinary effort. I'll, I'll just say this about extraordinary effort. For most of us, myself included, like I was, I, I've been lazy my whole life. In fact, I still have, my identity is still uh, that of pretty much a lazy person because I don't feel like doing a lot of stuff. Um, I feel like just taking it easy and watching Netflix, right? So how is it that I'm able to accomplish a lot? And it's that I make extraordinary effort as ordinary as possible. And what makes extraordinary effort or what makes effort extraordinary isn't about grinding and hustling and working 80 hours a week, right? It's not about sacrificing your health and your relationships so you can achieve your business goals and dreams. That's not what makes effort extraordinary. That's actually, that's just not, a, that's not ideal effort. It's not effective effort. Extraordinary effort is really about consistency. So for me, it's okay. Every result we want to accomplish in our lives is preceded by a process. And that process is what produces the result. Everybody wants the result. Very few people are ready to commit to that process or even know what it is. They don't even take the time to define it. So if you realize, so for example, if you want to build muscle, well, that would probably in, require a process of 
of resistance training combined with increasing your caloric intake so that you could add muscle onto your frame, onto your body, right? Simple. So every result is preceded by a process. For me, extraordinary effort to make it ordinary, it's just defining what is my process what is the recurring process that I can do daily or weekly that will virtually guarantee that I eventually inevitably achieve that result? Might not happen. I don't know how long it'll take. Maybe it'll take longer than I think. And, and, and one quick example, John, is that for me, when I was in sales, I had my best sales year ever one year and it, it was a total pain. You know, it was something that me, I mean, it took a lot of work, took dedication, commitment. And then the next year I thought, man, I should, you know, what do I want to do this year? And I just had this it's a long story I won't go into, but I just had a moment of inspiration due to some, some things that happened in my world. And I went, what if I doubled? What would it take to double? You know, I just had one of the best years in the history of our company. What would it look like to not just increase that by 10% or 20% or even 50%? What would it take to increase it by 100%? That meant doubling my income from one year to the next. That was a terrifying goal. And I simply broke it down to my process. I went, okay, in order for me to have my best year ever, it took me X amount of phone calls to prospects each day, five days a week. All I have to do is double that process and it would double the result. And that was a really low stress way because the result, doubling the result scared me. But going from making 20 phone calls a day, which took me about an hour to 40 phone calls a day, which would take me two hours, that's an extra hour of work to double my income. So in the book, you know, in the Miracle Equation book, like I, we give all these examples and frameworks. How do you break down? How do you make your extraordinary effort feel ordinary? How do you define a recurring process that if you commit to it every day, and it might only take you 30 minutes or 60 minutes, but it will move your biggest goals and dreams from possible, which is next to useless, right? To probable, which now we're getting somewhere, to inevitable, which is where you'll find your miracles. I love this quote, Fire Nation, to double the outcome, you double the process. And doubling the process, it's so much more mentally manageable for so many people. Just double that process. Go from 20 calls to 40 calls or fill in the blank for what you do every single day. But again, what's step one? Have unwavering faith. Step two, put in extraordinary efforts. And Fire Nation, stop checking your life's rear view mirror. It's not doing you any good, period, end of story. And Hal, I love that you shared that you're kind of lazy because true story, <laughs> I'm kind of lazy too. I just spent an amazing day. This was like two days ago, just on my hammock, reading the book Alaska by James Michener. It's an amazing book. And I was just in the hammock all day. I kept being like, okay, after 10 more pages, I'm going to get up and do some work. Nope. All day, just lazed around and I loved it. <laughs> and Fire Nation, I know how to sit down and work hard, but I also know how to be lazy really hard as well. So that's key to know. And you know, we don't all need to be Gary Vaynerchuk. We don't all need to no. be going from morning until midnight every single day. And guess what? Good for Gary because he's doing what he wants and loves yep. and is great at doing. And I love that he's he's living that truth. How's living his truth? I'm living my truth. And that's what you need to figure out, Fire Nation. What's your true truth? Now, one thing that kind of surprised me when we were talking about what, what we should chat about today was the fact you mentioned, you know, hey, John, sometimes people seem to be more entitled. And I was like, hmm, you're going to have to expound upon that, but don't do it now. Let's wait for the interview. So here we are, Hal. Let's kind of wrap up this whole conversation today about why we need to be more entitled as human beings. So entitlement is a, another loaded word. 
right? And, it, and it's usually kind of an icky word for people. It represents, you know, uh, we, we view it as like someone who believes they deserve something that they're done nothing to earn, right? Some sort of special privilege or, or resource. And a sense of entitlement is often linked to narcissism or arrogance. And um, the, but here's the thing. I, so I call this enlightened entitlement. And there's a big difference between entitlement as most people think of it and enlightened entitlement. And actually, there's one way I frame it is there's misdirected entitlement and then enlightened entitlement. Here's what I mean. So we all want to be more successful in our lives. But my question is, what level of success do you believe that you deserve? And I don't mean in your head, right? Because there, there's our head answer, which is like, why? Yeah, I know. I believe I deserve whatever I want. But no, no, no. In your core, like in your in your being, what do you really believe you deserve? Because we pursue that which we believe we deserve. We produce that which we believe we deserve, deeply deserve. And for most of us, we don't believe we deserve much more than we have or much more than those around us have. We tend to look at our lives. It's that rearview mirror syndrome, right? You check the rearview mirror and you're like, well, what's my, what's my life look like based on the past? Well, that's what it looks like. So I guess that's what I deserve. Or you look around, you see the people that you associate yourself with. That's why the Jim Rohn quote, the philosophy of you are the five people you spend the most time with is so crucial because it's, it's probably the most under underutilized quote in terms of actually acting on it. You know, we tend to, we hear that we're like, yeah, that's important. I should have be surrounded by great people, but then we don't do anything to change who we're surrounded by. So anyway, this idea of misdirected entitlement is it's really laziness masquerading as a sense of deservedness. You know, we tell ourselves, oh, I deserve to eat this cookie because I've been you know, pretty good about my eating or I deserve to buy this thing I don't really need. I've been pretty good about my spending lately or, or I deserve to, to, to miss the gym. You know, I've been pretty good about working out. We often do that and, and we, it's harmful to us because this kind of behavior reinforces mediocrity. We treat ourselves to being, uh, pr- you know, for being pretty good, but pretty good isn't great. Definitely doesn't get us closer to miraculous results, but we're just as worthy, deserving, and capable as any other person on earth. And nearly every great accomplishment began with an individual believing that he or she is deserving, worthy, and capable of putting forth the effort to accomplish it and that they deserve the the success that's going to come. And that kind of entitlement, it's a healthy prerequisite. So for me, it's an affirmation. And I encourage you to take this and make it in your own affirmation. But it's just something along the lines of mine says, I am just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving everything I want in my life as any other person on earth. And then I'll take that affirmation and I'll modify it for specific results. I like right now I have a new book coming out. Obviously the miracle equation comes out today and I've got an affirmation that says, I am just as worthy, deserving and capable of reaching millions of people with the miracle equation as any other author on earth. And, and that belief, that feeling of enlightened entitlement is what will give me the drive to, okay, I'm going to get up today and do the things, put forth the extraordinary effort to achieve this because I truly believe that I am worthy and that I deserve it and that I am capable. Meaning if I continue to maintain unwavering faith and put forth extraordinary effort toward this outcome, this miracle, it is inevitable that I will eventually reach the people. But you know, my experience with the miracle morning was that my mission was to change 1 million lives one morning at a time. And it took me six years of nonstop promotion to reach over a million people with that book. And now it's the, the mission is bigger. It's like, all right, well, I reached a million people. Now what do I do now? It's to elevate the consciousness of humanity.
which will feed into your extraordinary effort and it becomes a feedback loop because the more effort you put forth, the more you feel you deserve it, which fuels your faith. And then that feeds and round and round you go. And the miracle equation becomes not just a one-time decision that you make, but a fundamental way of living, a lens through which you view every aspect of your life. And then it enables you to become what I call in the book, a miracle maven, which is someone who consistently creates tangible, measurable miracles in any or every area of your life. Fire Nation, there's so much of this that I'm in love with, but the one thing I want to pull out where Hal and I are just on the exact same level is that Jim Rohn quote. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Fire Nation, you know if you listen to this podcast, I end every single episode with that quote to inspire action by you to actually make that change because like Hal said, and it's so true, you hear it, you know it, you nod your head, but then you just keep hanging out with the same people. And you never look to upgrade the quality of the people you're spending your time with. You have to do that, Fire Nation. It's so key. And of course, all those other value bombs that Hal just dropped, I want you to make sure you're absorbing every single one. And of course, the best way to do just that would be to actually pick up his book and read it and make sure you're consuming all these great things that he has in that book for you, The Miracle Equation. So Hal... Bring it home for us, brother. Give us the one key takeaway you want to make sure our listeners get from our entire conversation today, where and how we can pick up your book, The Miracle Equation, and then we'll say goodbye. Absolutely, brother. Um, Here's what I would like you to do. You've got to put this in writing. I mean, that the takeaway is put this in writing and it is go uh, write down your, what I call your miracle mantra. This is how you establish and maintain unwavering faith. And it's very simple. It is, I am committed to give it everything I have to blank, right? And blanking is whatever your goal is, whatever your miracle is that you've defined. I am committed to giving it everything I have, no matter what, there is no other option. And what we focus on expands and our self-doubt tends to become something that we focus on and then it expands. Every time you feel fear or self-doubt, you replace it with your mantra. I am committed to giving it everything I have to achieve blank result, no matter what, there is no other option. And you, sh- I literally, when I had cancer, I said that thousands of times. I read it every single day. It was my mantra over and over and over and over and over. And when I had the fear of dying and leaving my children without a father and my wife without a husband, that mantra is what kept me moving forward and kept get, continued to fuel the faith that I was going to live long beyond what the doctors were telling me that I was going to live. And the second part, extraordinary effort, get really clear. What is the recurring process for you that will move your biggest goals from possible to probable to inevitable? And if you don't know that yet, if you're like, well, how it's a new goal, I want to write a book or I want to run a, I've never done it before. So I don't know the process yet. Your process begins by scheduling time to figure out your process, right? So schedule an hour a day or 30 minutes a day or an hour a week, whatever it is until you figure out that process, but put the, put it in your schedule schedule now time to read that mantra and time to put forth and that, that that extraordinary effort through the form of your recurring process and i'm excited to see the miracles that you create and where to get the book here's a cool thing number one is you can buy it everywhere this is my first actually traditionally published book all the other 12 books i've written are self-published this one you can get anywhere books are sold but here's the cool part not john i don't even know if i told you this um uh, i'm doing a huge launch bonus i'd love for you to get the book today and if you do you'll get over twelve hundred dollars in brand new relevant bonuses in fact they're still they're so new i haven't created all of them yet i'm working on many of them but that includes a live six-week course on how to create tangible measurable miracles that starts uh in about a week 
And uh, so all you do is you get the book anywhere books are sold, forward your receipt to miracleequation at gmail.com. Miracleequation at gmail.com, forward your receipt, and you'll get signed up for the six-week course, live course with me. You'll get a Miracle Equation guided meditation, and you'll also get a Miracle Equation one-page printable implementation guide that sums up the entire book on one front and back sheet that you can review every day to keep it top of mind. Fire Nation, there you have it. And Hal, I just want to say thank you for being here today because like I said, Fire Nation, you're the average of those five people you spend the most time with and who you've been hanging out with today, Hal Elrod and JLD. (laughs) So keep up the heat. Just go find three more cool people and your average is pretty cool today. So as always, head over to eofire.com. And if you type Hal in the search bar, you can see the show notes for this. And we'll have links to everything, the email to, to send the receipt to and all the other jazz, all the links that you need from this episode. And of course, you can check out his last two episodes, 589 and 1186 which were years and years ago. So a lot has changed since then. So those are very relevant and awesome episodes uh, for what was going on in Hal's life back then. So it'll be really cool to listen to. Um, And hell, again, I just want to say thank you for sharing your truth, your value bombs with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we will catch you on the flip side. Boom. Hey, Fire Nation, today's value bombs were dropped by Hal Elrod. And if you are ready to discover your big idea in just an hour, I've created a free course and it's an amazing system that's going to get you to your big idea. Then the sky's the limit. And the best part, it is completely free. So visit yourbigidea.io, yourbigidea.io. And I'll catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. Growing your e-commerce business starts with creating meaningful customer relationships. To learn how Klaviyo's marketing automation software can help you build high-value customer relationships and to sign up for a free account today, visit klaviyo.com slash fire. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash fire.